This episode is brought to you by Joe's Pizza Shop. Are you asking yourself what you're going to whip up for dinner tonight? If so, Joe's Pizza Shop is the answer for you. We just ordered from there a few nights ago. Had the 40 Creek Barbecue Chicken Pizza. Absolutely incredible zaw. Had a nice little kick to it as well. If you like it spicy, strong recommend. Head on down to their new location in Orleans at 8154 Jean d'Arc Boulevard to satisfy your hunger. Now enjoy the episode. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Ease Conversations. Thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Matt and Brandon and I. Brandon, you absolutely killed it on here and we look forward to having you on again down the road. So now for episode 128 of Easy Conversations. I'm extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio virtually with the homie Matt. So what's up to the people? What's going on, everybody? Hope you're having a great day right now. Super excited for tonight's episode. We have like the A team, the, the gold medal team right now. We're doing a top 10 again. My favorite top 10 list. And uh, Eric, why don't you introduce who we have? Because I'm just pumped right now to yeah. do this. Like Matt said, we're saving the best for last in terms of topic and our guests. So for this episode, we're bringing on now two-time recurring guests, uh, two good friends of mine and um, two big movie guys. So perfect for this episode, our top 10 movies of 2023. So very excited to reintroduce to the podcast, my homies, Dallas Dunn and Nez Bedal. So what's up the people? Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, boys. How's it going? Uh, thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Yeah, I know. We're really happy to have you both on. It was uh, two years ago that we had you guys both on last time. Dallas to speak on your work experience and Nez to focus on the different movie genres. Like we said earlier there, we know you guys are big movie guys on the Letterboxd app with us. Always enjoy reading your reviews. So now it all kind of led up to this following what you guys were posting all year. Now to see what your and our top 10 movies of 2023 will end up being. So really excited to get into that with you guys. Before we start sharing our picks and all that, I want to, we'll start off with you guys, um, Nez first, then Dallas and Matt and I. Just talk about the year in general, 2023. How was um, making this list for you guys and just like your movie viewing experiences of last year? I think that 2023 was uh, a, a good year. I don't think it was great as a lot of people will say. Um, I think that the strike, the uh, the writer's strike had a lot to do with that. You know, we, we were supposed to get dune part two and maybe a couple other movies here and there i think that there were some 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 bright spots obviously uh any year where it involves christopher nolan is a good year uh as you guys know i'll be talking a lot about uh chris you know i i, I thought there were some good movies and some good foreign movies as well but yeah i i think it was a, a good year not a great year del uh yeah great points nez any year with Chris Nolan is a great year. Um, I might say that this year could go down as the renaissance because here we're coming from COVID, you know, where movies were, you know, hit and miss. So we, we had a couple of good ones, you know, um, but this is like the real resurgence I find of like, okay, like, you know, all of the budget cuts and everything and, you know, the wasted money is over with. Now we're... Mm-hmm. We're into making movies again. We're back in business. The wheels are starting to turn in full force, you know, and having Christopher Nolan come out with a movie after Tenant, which he released during COVID, is like just an absolute like lay is 
dong on the table. I'm back, you know, like I never left. And so, yeah, I, I would call it the renaissance. I agree with Dallas, actually. It was like the first normal year for cinema, I guess. I, I only, I've seen 53 2023 movies and I thought it was a great year. And I, there's a lot of them that you're going to mention tonight, guys, that I missed. I did not venture out to the theater as much as I, I would have wanted to. But from what I've seen, it was a really solid year. Don't have a lot of low ratings. So my only regret is not going to the theater as much. And uh, it'll probably be evident when you guys mention a movie and I'll, I hadn't seen it. I haven't seen it, but uh, yeah, solid year. What do you think, Eric? Yeah, I would also echo what you were saying, Dallas. I think it was a good year for movies, honestly. It's the year that I've seen the most movies that have dropped in a year ever. I think I've watched 32 movies this year that dropped in 2023. So most ever for me. And I enjoyed the majority of the ones I saw. I saw some bad ones, but that's not it just um, synonymous with just this year. Like there's bad movies that drop every year. Like we just came off the beekeeper a couple of weeks ago. So like there's bad movies every year. Right. And I think I'm also glad you mentioned Tenet because I know we're going to be pumping Christopher Nolan's tires here, but the guy does have a few oh, yeah. misses here and there. I'll just say that. Hope that's not too uh, rough to say to open up this pod there, Nez, but uh, they're not all hits in my books anyways. Sorry to sorry to cut in. Did you did you see what his uh what Christopher Nolan's personal trainer or his Peloton trainer said of the tenant? I did see that hilarious video, kind of rough, and I'd say kind of embarrassing for that Peloton trainer where she was yeah. just bashing tenant. But Christopher Nolan seemed to have a pretty good sense of humor about it there, so love to see that. But no, good year. And um, was tough to make the list for me, honestly. There's a bunch that could have made them more bottom five. Like, top five was pretty solidified for me. As soon as I saw them, I'm like, all right, these movies are making the list for sure. Then it was more like rounding out the bottom five. Can start off go Nez, Dallas. Like, kind of same where we just went. Nez, Dallas, Matt, me. And then we'll go Snake. So, me, Matt, Dallas, Nez. And just go about it that way. And I'll be posting everyone's picks as we go along on YouTube. So, be sure to be watching on that. Like and subscribe. All that fun stuff. So, um preamble out of the way i think we can start off nez uh, what was your number 10 movie of 2023 so my number 10 movie i think it was a good movie came out earlier this year uh and as you guys know i posted sort of my top eight on instagram uh it wasn't a top 10 but uh my 10th movie is gonna be uh air uh, I with oh. uh, with with Ben Affleck, um, I thought you know as a tenth movie, uh, bottom of my list. I still think it was fantastic. Um, I think it was like sort of classic Ben Affleck, where you know we sort of see um, the real life aspects of things, and um, and it's a, it's an interesting story, um, and it's not you know because of how early it came out. Uh, I don't think it was sort of an Oscar bait from Ben Affleck. Um, I thought there was some some aspects of it missing, uh, but I thought it was you know cla- like I said, classic Ben Affleck. It's 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 really good. You, you go out of there, you you really enjoyed it, um, and that is my number ten. Uh, I thought it was an interesting aspect. You learn you learn a lot of things about sort of Nike and how, how they went about uh, with with Michael Jordan. Um, so that is my number 10. That's a very solid pick, Nez. Uh, I like that. It was, in, it was, I highly rated that movie that year, uh, this year. Um, super entertaining, not bored for a second. I thought it was crisp and uh, yeah, good pick. 
Yeah, same here. I liked Air a lot, honestly. Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. I'm a big fan of both of them. Ben Affleck, I feel like, gets way too much hate in general. I, I always enjoy him in most roles that he portrays characters in. And, uh, no, fun time. I love learning about, like, backstories on uh, historical figures and, like, Michael Jordan and the Air Jordan shoe is uh, a really cool story that I didn't know that much about, even though I watched The Last Dance and uh, kind of gave me a different perspective on how that whole process came about so no really enjoyed the movie definitely recommend yeah great great uh number 10 uh i i'm kind of regretting not including it in my top 10 now uh totally slipped under my radar um but fun fact about air michael jordan i wrote this in my review on letterboxd uh michael jordan had one request for the film that viola davis be cast as his mom in the in the film uh fantastic i mean <laughs> doesn't get any better than viola davis i'm telling you i'm obsessed she's great i'm obsessed with her she's incredible so yeah she she crushed it as always yeah great pick dallas what was your number 10 uh my number 10 is uh gonna be Saltburn. Mm. um you know it was a good movie i i i really thought it was intriguing i was definitely wrapped into it for every second it never lost me um, the reason it's 10 is because, you know, and I, I wrote this in my review as well, it's, it's you know, par for the course for talented Mr. Ripley, you know, a sociopath that can just integrate him into himself into situations and, you know, kind of take on these, these masks um, and manipulate the people around him. Uh, and, you know, when you're playing a genre or, or when you're you know playing second fiddle to a movie like the talented mr ripley you know you, people are going to size you up next to it and the talented mr ripley is is unbeatable so you know that's why it's so low but yeah i love uh, i haven't really been introduced to jacob alordi too much you know people go crazy over this guy uh i've only seen him in euphoria and i've only seen a few episodes of euphoria so um this was a fantastic introduction to jacob alordi for me um, and, uh, and yeah, it was, a, it was a really good movie. I thought it was really cool. No, great movie. I, I, I watched it just to get in on the conversation. Everyone was talking about online, right? It was like the, oh my God, I can't believe they did that in this movie. Like <laughs> you hear about like the shock value things and I'm like, all right, what's going on in here? Like I'd kind of heard about some things like I knew there was something with the bath and then the grave. Oh, it was twisted. So it was twisted. Grave, there yeah. were a yeah. couple, I'm surprised the bath scene is the scene that everybody was going crazy about. Uh, what about the, uh, you know, I don't Period even know how to, <laughs> anyway, I'm sure we all know the, the other scene movie, I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. Like what the hell is going on there? I couldn't believe my eyes. It's definitely shock value. That was a huge portion of yeah. the movie is shock value. And fuck, you know what? I guess I'm a sucker for shock value. You know, maybe Jackass is going to be my next top 10, uh, next year if they come up, come out with a movie, but you know, that's what it was. It was shocking. I'm going to talk about Saltburn when I rate it. Uh, I think okay, that because okay. okay. I think I, I liked it a lot more than Dallas did. Oh, I liked it. It's in my top 10. There were tons of great movies. Eric saw 33 movies this year. Like 33. What the hell? Uh, so, you know, like it made it in my top 10. It's a, it was a great movie. I really liked it. Like I was really wrapped into the story the whole time. And honestly, it was a great plot twist as well. No spoilers, but um, I no, I really enjoyed it. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to hear what Nez has to say. And I uh, 
I'm excited too, and I think we'll talk about the movie. I'll we'll talk about the movie more because I really liked it too. Uh, my number ten. My number ten was the funnest movie of the year for me at the theater, and it's Guardians of the Galaxy three. Oh, James yeah. Gunn did it again. James Gunn did it again. This movie fired on all cylinders for me in terms of entertainment. Seeing my beloved characters go through that story was great. Good soundtrack as usual. Good visuals. The reason it's number 10 is that it's still a superhero movie at the end of the day and my least favorite like of my the genres on my list, but super solid action movie. It's Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I, I can't believe it that, you know, they're three for three. Yeah. Y- you know, the writing is hilarious. It's like so good. It's, it's so engaging. Uh, like it's definitely probably, it's a, it's a great standalone from all of the other Marvel cinematic pieces. It's in its a uh, league of its own. Uh, it's it's been fantastic. Like it just, I think they need to stop it here though. It's like yeah, you know, leave leave on a high note. Like George Costanza, you know, just exit <laughs> exit on a high note. You're good. Okay, see you later. Look, I uh, and Nez is a ta- superhero. Nez is we, a we, hater, yeah, Marvel talk, hater. We talked about this last time I was on yep. the podcast and. Uh, it's gonna take it's gonna take a lot for me to put a Marvel movie in my top ten, uh, any year. Um, so from I look, I understand Guardians of the Galaxy. I think, apart from any other Marvel movie, they do it right. Um, but for me, uh, I can't I can't put a Marvel movie in my top ten because I'm just a, a I'm an old man. I'm an old man, and I have old man takes and. Uh, that's that's just where I stand, unfortunately. Fair. That is fair. I love Guardians of the Galaxy three as well, Matt. It was my favorite Marvel movie of the year for sure. Very close to making my list, but um, edged out by a few others uh, last minute switch ups. But no, I loved it. I think we talked about in our Marvel episode, Guardians of the Galaxy might be one of the best trilogies that the MCU's given us. Also, agree with you, Dallas. I wouldn't really want them to keep it going because now it's not wouldn't be the same characters. Not as interesting in my book, so. Perfect closure for these characters. Absolutely loved it. Great movie. So I'll kick us off. Uh, my number 10, close out the number 10s. This is the um, the latest movie I saw, actually, of 2023. Actually, yeah, latest movie of 2023. So it's actually a um, wrestling movie, The Iron Claw. Yeah, The Iron Claw. Sad. That's if the there's thing. any word to describe that movie, it's sad. Exactly. And going into it, I didn't really know much about these guys, like the Von Erich family the brothers i am i kind of expected there'd be a bit of a tra- tragic angle in this movie but not nearly as close as what we saw in this movie and i don't really want to give too much away there but there's some madness that happens in this movie kind of like salt burn but not in the same way at all honestly just like some craziness that happens in this movie but fantastic i was really into the story the whole time great acting like um zach efron very uh, different role for him and um, fantastic stuff from him and um, Jeremy Allen White, the two leads. Um, Lily James, great as per usual. Really good movie, honestly. Like I feel like wrestling movies in general tend to be pretty sad, but I'd say this is the, the saddest one I've seen. And I feel like the brother angle really got to me. So, um, yeah, strong recommend to see in theaters if you have the chance. So, uh, for me, Iron Claw, uh, Dallas and I saw it together. And... Um, Look, I knew uh, on the surface the the Von Erich uh, story, 
Here's the thing, what I thought about the movie, and it's not in my top 10. I thought the story was sad, obviously, uh, knowing about it. I didn't think the movie was sad. Um, I thought that there there were some uh, directorial sort of uh, I, um, decisions that were made that weren't great. Um, I thought the script was was spotty. Um, so I, I thought that a lot of the characters, you know, Jeremy, Jeremy Allen White is fantastic. If you've seen the bear, uh, he, he's great in it. Um, I, I thought that Zac Efron did, did well. I thought he was the best one, uh, the best sort of actor in that movie. I thought the script was iffy. I thought the, the, the movie wasn't as sad as it, as it should have been. Because I thought it was, and look, this is a real life story, um, but I thought it was too sort of, of, uh, bang bang bang, uh, in the sense that you saw what happened, and you're sort of like, okay, you you didn't sort of get over the what happened before that, before the next thing happened, but for me, uh, I. Th- yeah, I thought there was some decisions that were made that weren't great. I thought the 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 moments that 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 were meant to be sad didn't last as long as they should have. I thought that it was like here's a sad part of the story. Okay, let's move on. And I thought that that was really what uh plagued that movie. Jeez, that was really that so was really just it. tore the head off Iron Claw. <laughs> <laughs> Ten minute monologue on, on what no, all, Iron all great Claw. points, honestly. And Dallas, I think you're kind of in line with the Nez's thoughts here. I read your review of Iron Claw, and I agree, yeah. honestly, with like pacing's off. The pacing's off. They never let you sit in it. Yeah, stuff was happening really quickly, and like it's just one thing to the next. It was moving a little too quick. Not really like when the these kind of things happen. You think they could have a massive toll on characters and stuff, and we weren't we're people, and you're not really seeing it fleshed out as well as it could have been. I hear you for sure. Like I said, Dallas and I saw this together, and I don't want to spend uh, uh, a lot more time on this, but when we were driving back home, I told Dallas, like, look, this is, this movie's an hour and 50 minutes. This movie could have been two hours and 20 minutes. And I think that would have, I think that would have really done some good to the story. If they yeah. had, I, I had they, had they spent more time on the characters, had they spent more time on their wrestling careers because you know at the end they sort of give like uh before the credits they sort of put text on the screen telling you what's going on and you know they were in the WWE Hall of Fame I'm a WWE guy so I knew that however in the story they don't really show how important they were to the wrestling they they do but they don't do a good job of it in my opinion so I think that uh, focusing on the wrestling career would have done more good. You know, like the, uh, one of the brothers, I, for, I forget the name, but, you know, he goes over to Japan. Uh, they mention that he's going to Japan, and then he goes to Japan, and then, you know, he he dies of, like, liver failure. And you're just like, oh, okay. Like, you could have spent more time sort of sort of gauging his story into Japan and, you know, there's that, I don't want to spoil anything, but I will. Uh, there's that scene where he's, like, sort of puking his guts out at the wedding. And it's sort of like, are you okay? Yes, I'm okay. Don't worry about it. Okay. And then they have a 
whole different conversation. And you're just like, well, this looks pretty important. He's puking out blood, right? So I think you should you should spend more time on 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 focusing on that. And then he dies of that sort of disease like ten ten minutes later in the movie, and you're like, okay, well, you know, I get it. We saw him puke, but like you should have spent more time on that. No, for sure. Great points. And uh, I feel like we could keep going on this because I now have thoughts as well, but we'll just move it along there to another one that's kind of along the same lines. I'll kick us off number nine. Similar vein, but very different, I would say. Movie I had a lot of fun watching in theater again. Um, Action-packed and had a lot of emotional moments too. And it just part of a series that I love. So that'd be Creed 3. It'd be my number nine pick. Nez, can't, <laughs> what? Wait, can't wait to hear what you're going to say about this one, boys. <laughs> Just picks are getting cut up left and right out here. But no, <laughs> that love, is the hottest take. That I was gonna say, for sure, might be controversial. I really enjoyed this movie. I had a great time, and um, you know, at the time, was a fan of the character played by now actor that is uh, again, like I said, controversial to talk about. But I think great performance, and those movies just fire me up and. I, uh, I like, I, we talked about it in the Creed episode there, so I'm not going to talk about it too much myself there, but love his journey as a character. And for Michael B. Jordan, directed the movie, you see his growth as a person and as um, the character that he plays. Really liked it. But Dallas, excited now to hear what you think about this movie and everyone else's thoughts on Creed 3. Well, I'm going to try not to be too critical because, you know, you're entitled to your opinion. And if it's in your top 10, it's in your top 10. You enjoyed the movie. Uh, the movie should have been in uh, sign language. I mean, I felt like uh, the, the whole movie, second I left, I, I said to my friends, like, you know, that means, you know, it was okay. It was mediocre. It was, you know, five out of ten. It, it was like, you know, there was a lot of excessive sign language. And I work with people who do ASL. You know, I teach ASL on a weekly basis to, to some of my clientele. You know, it's it's fine to include it in the movie, but, you know, you're you're – Preaching to a global audience here, it's, you know, I, I don't think the whole, like, the 30% of the movie should have been ASL. Um, but anyway, you know, that's just me personally. But um, other than that, it, I don't know. It's just like, you know, it's it's kind of a dead genre, boxing movies, I find. Um, and there wasn't enough here to rebirth the genre. There wasn't enough here to reinvigorate the genre. Um, and also, I'm a Michael B. Jordan hater. Like, that's just, I'll put that out there right now. You can see my bias, you know, judge me as I am. But Michael B. Jordan just isn't my cup of tea. Like, I haven't seen him in anything where he's impressed me or, you know, he's a good looking guy. He's in great shape and that's fantastic. And you definitely want that for a boxing movie. But, uh, but yeah, you know, he's nothing special. Uh, I know that he directed it. I think he wrote it as well, right? Um, so, you know, he's definitely got some great chops, but, you know, I'd prefer him to, you know, maybe, I don't know, divert more of his energy into one of those aspects and then he could really be exceptional because maybe he's like diverting too much energy into all three and that's just making him come off as average for all three. I don't know, but yeah. And then, you know, for, for the controversial actor involved, he was fantastic. He was incredible. Um, you know, he, he was really good. Um, it, it's really unfortunate how things have transpired in his personal life. Um, but as an actor, he, he's incredible, and he was fantastic in that movie. And that's what made that movie bearable for me was, was him. So, anyway. 
I'm going to spend at least maybe 10 seconds on this. I think Michael B. Jordan's a horrible actor. Uh, I've, I've said this from the start. I, he's, he's terrible. Um, and I liked the first Creed, didn't like the second. This one was whatever. Uh, but Michael B. Jordan, terrible actor. So overrated. He's only liked because of his good looks and that's it. Which is half of what you need right now in Hollywood, right? Is the yeah, body well, yeah, the yeah, yeah, of course. Um, of course. I'm, I'm not as high as you, Eric, and I'm not as low as you guys. So I thought it was an average movie. I gave it like three and a half stars. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Average. Not making my list, though. Um, okay, I'm going to go in my number nine now. Keep the pace going. Speaking of picks that might get shredded, uh, number nine is The Killer by David Fincher. <laughs> I loved... Love the clinical pace, the glacial... You know, some might say glacial pace. I love that shit. I like the voiceover narration. And what I loved about it is it reminded me of some old 70s, 60s European movies that take their time. Um, this movie reminded me of my favorite, one of my favorite French films, Le Samurai. Yeah. The look, yep. everything about it. Anyways, Fassbender did it for me. Yeah, is it light on the store? Is it style over substance? I don't care. I love that stuff. So that's The Killer. It was on Netflix this year. It, was, it, hit, it hit all the marks for me. If I can jump in, uh, yeah. Completely agree. I have the killer as my number eight. Um, nope. You know, David Fincher, he's just fantastic. I love him. I love his style. Um, it's it's fantastic. It's like sequential, the scenes. It's like, you know, chapter by chapter. I like that. You know, it's kind of Quentin Tarantino style as well. He likes to do, you know, his movies kind of by chapter. Um, absolutely love that. Um, and it's exactly like Le Samurai, where it's, you know, just this like strong, silent type, stone cold killer, you know, there's no visceral emotion. It's just monotone, like consistency. I love that as a, as a hitman. I love that shit. I love that. That's what Leon the Professional should have been. Maybe. Hot take. I love Leon the Professional. It was fantastic. But watching Leon the Professional, when Leon gets killed because of his, his weakness towards Natalie, Natalie Portman, you start to hate that side of him. You're like, fuck, I wish Leon just would have stayed being this consistently cold-blooded killer, you know, like David Fincher's The Killer. You know, so I completely agree. Great take, Matt. Not shredding that at all. Uh, I, loved, I loved it. Didn't make my top 10, but I love David Fincher. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, out of all the movies he's made, for me, uh, the best one is still uh, The Social Network by far. Um, but, uh, you know, I love Michael Fassbender. I've been saying this for years. I hope Michael Fassbender gets a new sort of, uh, agent because he's a great actor that's in terrible movies, but yeah. Um, he's been in some great I, movies. I, I, well, he's in great movies, but he's in really bad ones too. So, uh, uh, I love the killer. I thought it was like classic David Fincher where like the, the movie's very, like it's cool but it did miss some substance. It was very straightforward. So uh, I didn't make my top 10, but I loved it. I, I thought it was great. So like with my two picks so far, I might be on an island here in that I'm the only one who did not like this movie. Like I, I don't care. Like I, this movie did not do it for me. And I'm not just saying this because my two picks have been bashed so far. Like it just didn't do it for me, honestly. And I honestly, too, like I went into it kind of expecting that it'd be like this just cold-blooded, like, assassin who, like, doesn't really care and goes in, goes out, does his thing. But it was missing something for me. I need a bit more substance. And, 
It was like the dialogue too just didn't do it for me. I wrote about it in my review where I feel like his character was just, there was a lot of just voiceover and we're hearing the thoughts in his head. And there was just absolutely no personality going on in there. He was just like listing off sayings or proverbs that you've heard. And it kind of doesn't, doesn't mean anything what he's saying. Like, I don't know. It was just saying stuff to say stuff and it, none of it was resonating with me. Wasn't really into the story either, but I can, can see that the style and the editing and all that. It looked very, it was a very well-made movie, but I don't know. It didn't really do it for me. I love the quote in that movie where the second he sits down and he's about to murder uh, his, his boss, essentially, um, and she goes, you just made me regret not ordering Haagen-Dazs at the end of every meal. You know, I started eating dessert like I've never eaten dessert after that scene. <laughs> I was like, that's so true. Like, I got to live now before I have fucking uh, Michael Fassbender sitting across from me with a gun under the table. Was that the scene with Tilda Swindon? Yes. That yeah. was the yeah, best yeah, yeah. that was the best scene in the movie for me. Like I would have liked to see more along those lines of those kind of conversations or something like that. I think other than I that it, I, w- I was never really into it. But anyways, that's fair. Like I, you guys all loved it. I'm just stating my opinion. It was a, it was basically a straight to Netflix movie with a very limited theatrical release. Um me and Nez caught it at the at the Mayfair in Glebe. Uh great little theater. Uh pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it was like, yeah, it's a straight to Netflix kind of movie. You know, it's, it's, there wasn't too much substance, like you said, Eric. So to your point, um, but you know, that's kind of what a hitman maybe should be. You know, they kind of lack substance. That's why they do that thing. I don't know. My number nine. Um, I can't believe we're only on number nine, but my number <laughs> nine, <laughs> it's already been an hour. My number nine is mission impossible. Nobody. I, I, if you guys shred this, like, come on, like Tom Cruise, is just a psychopath and he deserves our adoration like he he deserves absolute praise for the death defying stunts that this guy continues to do he might be suicidal like i seriously want a a mental health check on tom cruise i want somebody to knock on his door every day and be like tom are you doing okay because this guy is signing up for absolutely (laughs) ridiculous stunts that not even stuntmen want to do so um, Mission Impossible is at my number nine, essentially just for Tom Cruise and his death-defying stunts. And, you know, it's, it's your classic spy movie. It's got the codes. It's got the riddles. It's got, you know, the, the spyware. It's got the, you know, the traitors. Uh, they're fighting on the top of a train. They're fighting uh, in the air. We got parachutes. We got car chase scenes. It's, it's classic. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know. I eat that shit up, so. Yeah, I love Tom Cruise, and I uh, can't get enough of him. I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan. Love this movie, too. Great time at the theater, and Dallas, you said it all. I echo everything you say. Uh, okay, so I'm I'm going to go quick here, and this is going to be super off the board. Uh, my number nine is actually Priscilla. So I think that uh, Priscilla, I had a lot of issues with it. I liked it. I liked the, the performances. So I thought Kaylee Spaney... Uh, as Priscilla was fantastic. Uh, she's beautiful uh, in the movie. Um, she did a great job. I'm a huge Jacob Elordi fan uh, in this movie, in Euphoria, in Saltburn. Um, I, th- I thought the, the acting was great. The only big problem I had was that this movie was rated R. And I don't think that Cia, uh, Sofia uh, Coppola used her R rating well enough. I think you could have 
went a little more uh, gory on on that story uh but i thought that it was good not great uh but that is my number nine and my number eight is across the spider-verse well i thought it was just listing off your your list here you're not going to let me respond to priscilla I haven't seen it, so I have no comment. I don't know about Matt. Me neither. Me neither. To be honest, go, go I haven't seen it, it either. That's all I wanted to say. I just wanted to say that I haven't seen it, and I, I want to start watching more Jacob Lordy films. That's all I... He's big time, like, on the come up. He's going to be in a lot of movies, I think, in, like, at least two this year, and I think a few others in the next few years there. So he's, like, big uh, on the rise. Yeah, great. Uh, and then uh, for eight, uh, I'm going to go across the Spider-Verse. Uh, it should be higher. Um, but I thought Across the Spider-Verse was fantastic. Uh, the animation in that movie is just crazy. Uh, the storyline's great. Um, the, the, I didn't love the ending. I was sort of like, you know, when there was like 10 minutes left, I was like, Hey, where are we going? Like this movie needs to wrap up. And then they Mm -hmm. sort of did the, the old, uh, the old Marvel trick on us where they went the multiverse baby. Yeah. Part two, and I was like, "Ah, come on!" But uh, uh, everything before that, uh, I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic, um, and but the ending sort of made it eight for me. But yeah, Across the Spider Verse at eight. Yeah, I'll say quickly. I loved Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Great sequel to the Into the Spider Verse, which is an amazing movie. One of the best Spider Man movies, if not the best. A lot of people say. And I don't, I didn't mind the ending to be honest, because I feel like there's enough that happened where there was a kind of a resolution to the movie and they're leaving a bit more like, ah, there's still a bit more to the story that we're going to leave you wanting more at the end there and, uh, tune in in like two, three years, whenever the next one comes out. But it was, I know what you're saying. There were those, like you thinking that we're just getting ramped up at the end, like the team's together now and, uh, we got to go save miles. And, um, then they just kind of dropped that on us, but I still think that it, the story resolves itself for the most part. And there's still some that's still uh, left unsolved and um, has to be yeah, wrapped up. So I'll say my thoughts when I bring it up later on. So go ahead, Dallas. Um, yeah. Uh, if their job or if their mission or goal was to get us excited for the third one, mission accomplished, uh, I'm completely, uh, I'm completely wrapped into it. Um, I can't wait. Uh, you know, they introduced a bunch of new characters that, you know, I was really, um, excited to see. Uh, I, I I don't know. I'm just a sucker for for the Spider Verse uh, right now. The, like I said in my review, it's like I just can't believe that they were able to outdo themselves. Like there, it was even more artistically um, creative. Um, it was even more exciting. Uh, there were brand new characters that you really cared about and weren't just fillers. Um, it, I don't know. It's just like they, they're really doing a great job with, with, uh, this, uh, this franchise right now. So, you know, I hope they don't, you know, beat it into, um, obscurity, but you know, I'd like them to keep it a trilogy, a trilogy to be honest. But, um, yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. You're at number eight, I believe. Yep. My number eight, um, my number eight is the killer. Um, yep. Uh, so I've already, you know, said my two cents, uh, David Fincher, Michael Fassbender, Tilda Sw- uh, Swinton, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. It's, it doesn't uh, pretend to be anything else. 
Fincher, one of the most consistent directors last 30 years. Um, anyways, okay, my number eight. Now, this is where making this list was hard for me. I watched a lot of horror films, didn't know how to plug them in my top 10, so I just chose a couple, one of them right now. Uh, number eight, I have Talk to Me, uh, an A24 produced film that came out. Nice Loved map. it. Um, I love that they took a genre that we've seen a million, like a million movies. Like we've seen this a million times, but they, they brought a fresh new twist to the genre, the supernatural genre. And that's what I love the most about it. The original story, love the characters. I actually rewatched this one and got a lot more on second viewing, knowing the, the outcome. Um, this was a super solid horror film is one of the most talked about horror films of the year too. But yeah, talk to me super, super scary and unsettling watch and a, a fresh new twist to the genre of supernatural horror i haven't seen it so I'm, seen it i can't so comment on it really uh i loved it uh can't agree with matt moore the horror genre is you know it, it, i don't know it's struggling to find ways to come up with different ways to scare you shock you um and you know also tell like a an interesting story Talk to me, nailed it. Nailed it on the head. Had the shock value, had the horror that really creeped you out. Like, I actually felt uncomfortable. I watched it um, in bed with my girlfriend, and mm. we, had to, we had to put on something a little lighter afterwards before going to sleep. Like, seriously, we were kind of feeling uncomfortable. Um, like, it, it is a really terrifying movie. If you're into that kind of thing, like, I really recommend it. And it's not like, you know, jump scares or anything like that. It's like just, it's honestly just really creepy um, mm -hmm. and creative. I just love the style. So, yeah, couldn't agree more. No, I haven't seen it. Uh, I, I sort of gave up on horror movies. Um, and we talked about this on the last spot. I don't think horror movies uh, this day and age, you know, they, I don't think they take themselves seriously. You know, A24 does a great job, whatever they do. Um, and I'm sure it's a, it, it, it's a solid sort of, uh, reimagined horror movie. Um, but you know, horror movies aren't, aren't really my, my cup of tea. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think that I, I'm sure a 24 killed it as they always do, but I haven't seen it. I mean, I feel like I'm in a horror movie right now cause I'm just scared of saying what my next two movies are based on how the first two ends, but here we go. So I actually had, uh, Dallas, I had Mission Impossible in this spot, and I actually swapped it out last second. Loved Mission Impossible, but how I kind of constructed my list was based on the feeling I got from watching the movies this year, and I, I really enjoyed Mission Impossible. It was a really fun movie to watch in the theater, crazy action scenes, but this one was one that really got a good reaction out of me, like, and I laughed a ton watching it. I couldn't leave it off my list. I don't know if you guys have seen this. It would be Theater Camp. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. But wait, it bumped Mission Impossible completely off your top 10? Potentially. It, it, Mission Impossible was in this eight spot. I'll just say that. <laughs> Wouldn't that just naturally push Mission Impossible to number Perhaps. nine? I don't tip picks, Dallas. You'll have to wait and see like everyone else. I'm just saying it was okay, initially wow. in this spot. Theater camp just snuck in there last second. I have to Google theater camp right now. I don't even, yeah. I haven't even Really funny it. movie, honestly. Like just quickly, it's kind of, it's in the title. It's about kids who go to a, a camp for like theater class, like drama students and all that. And they're all from like different walks of life. And that's kind of what brings them together. And it's a summer camp that they all go to. And the camp is about to be shut down at, at the end of summer if they don't get funding, basically. 
And uh, it's shot like mockumentary style. I talked about it on the pod there, so I'm not going to get into it like, too, too much. But the first 20 minutes, I wasn't super into it. And we were kind of talking about that before we started this pod. That you got to push past the first 20. I feel like if you're maybe not into a movie, but you've heard good things, just power through because this one just kept getting better and better as I was going through it. And by the end, I was like dying of laughter at the end. So again, don't want to set the bar too high there, but myself really enjoyed um, watching this, laughed a lot, really fun time, easy watch. So theater camp number eight for me. Haven't seen it. I'll have to check it out, Eric. I've heard of it. I uh, haven't seen it either. I, I haven't seen it. Obviously, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. Uh, I'm just looking up the cast now. I love Ben Platt. Uh, he's the main character or one of them. Um, love that guy. So, yeah, it looks really funny. Great premise. Yeah. Um, so, mockumentary style being like, do you have like, um, what would be a similar? Well, it's like um, kind of like The Office style where they do like cuts. Oh, okay, yeah, that's what I was thinking when you said that. Stuff. They're not over the top, but they do take advantage of that like formatting i would Mm. say nice all right good stuff all right bullet dodge all right so number seven now this is one that was like really kind of fits what i was just saying of like feeling watching it just really good time to enjoy in the theater um would be barbie for me number seven Mm -hmm. yeah i feel bad for not having it in my top 10 i don't know why um i i skipped over it uh it deserves to be in my top 10 i really enjoyed it too yeah it was a great movie it was funny. Uh, and I think it's going to do like really story, well uh, like, at the Oscars. Margot Robbie, fantastic as Barbie. And Ryan Gosling as Ken, too. Amazing. I love the music in the movie as well. And I just thought it was a good time. Like, good satire of um, and parody of a lot of societal, um, yeah, I guess, uh, things in society. So, really enjoyed Barbie. And um, if you haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend to check it out. Yeah. Uh, sorry to chime in again, but it's like, you know, a lot of people said it was preachy. For me personally, it didn't come off as preachy. For no. me, it came off as funny. I thought Ryan Gosling was hilarious. Yep. Hilarious. Like when he's applying for the jobs and he thinks he can just get them because he's a guy. Yeah. <laughs> and the boss is like, yeah, you know, that's how it used to be. But, you know, now you need resumes and stuff. I thought it was so funny. It's obviously meant to be laughed at. It's meant to be a joke while also touching on some, I guess, real issues. Yeah. Yeah, I like Barbie. I I thought it was I, I thought it was really good. Didn't make my top ten, but um, you know, I thought that Mattel did a good job, sort of, uh, laughing at themselves in a way. Uh, yeah. Margot Margot Robbie, you know, uh, is one of when it comes to female actresses, she's. I mean, yeah. she, she's the, she's one of the best. She's not the best for me. Top I shelf. Think. Uh, I, you know, I think for me, I think Jessica Chastain uh, is the best uh, female actress out there. But I think Margot Robbie's a close second uh, for me. Uh, I, 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 look, whether this is controversial or not, I don't know. But I thought that the, the whole patriarchy th- storyline was, was fine. Uh, I, I wasn't mad about it as a lot of, you know, conservatives were. Um, but however, I, I, I don't think it did, I, I don't think it did well to be the main storyline. I th- I don't think they should have stuck that as the main storyline. I think they, they it, uh, as a subplot, it would have been fine. Sticking to the, the whole, you know, Barbie Ken storyline would have worked really well. Um, but I, I don't think the whole patriarchy thing as a main storyline worked, but uh, loved the movie. I thought the you know the production was was fantastic. The set was fantastic. 
Um, but but the acting was great as well. But the whole mm-hmm. I I thought the script was meh. For me, I'm not sure if it's just me, but for me, patriarchy wasn't the main storyline. For me, it was all well, about. I was. I, for me personally, I, I felt it was you know self discovery, like Margot Robbie, yeah. her character Barbie, uh, really discovering herself and you know feeling lost and not knowing who she is and what well, she represents. She, she she found herself because of patriarchy. No, oh, we can debate this all night. Yeah. Uh, I, I like I like this movie too, guys. Just missed my list. Greta Gerwig's Three for Three with me. A Lady Bird, Little Women, Barbie, all good movies. Big yes. fan of her partner too, Noah Bombach. I love all his movies too. So, solid duo right there. Um, I'll just jump into my number seven, which is the first foreign film on my list. Uh, French, I guess it's a French movie, German. I don't know. Uh, it's got English, French, and German in it. Anatomy of a Fall. I didn't know what to think when I read the premise of the movie and the running time. It's a long movie, but it's like a court case too, murder, murder court case. I loved it. I loved, I was very intrigued the whole time. I was like, I want to know what's going to happen. Like I, I kept, I just wanted to watch the movie like all in one shot, like no breaks, just uh, rip through it. I, what I liked, why it's on my list is I like that. I'm not even sh- unclear. I, I understood a hundred percent of everything that happened in the movie. I still got to like rewatch it and dissect the clues. Cause there was a lot of story in this movie and good acting performances and it made me question a lot of things and I was flip-flopping back and forth on my opinion on like what was going on in the court case which I like that uh probably a movie a good movie to rewatch. but yeah Anatomy of a Fall not for everybody it's not like super fast paced but to me it was super compelling and the uh, the female lead was amazing so yeah Anatomy of a Fall my number uh my number seven just say haven't seen it. This is the first one that I feel like you guys have all seen, like the more critically acclaimed movies of the year. That I've seen a lot of them, but this one is one that's escaped my uh, viewing, unfortunately. So if you'd be so kind as to not spoil too much, go nuts talking about it. But I haven't seen this. It's oh, definitely yeah, on the Eric, list. Yeah, Eric, you need to check it out. You really, you really need to check it out. It, compelling's the word for it. Um, you know, it's it's a lot like I'm not sure if you've seen uh, the Hunt with Mads Mikkelsen, but it's it's kind of that like you know it's an investigation and we don't know who who's guilty and as evidence is revealed you're like totally persuaded that it's this and, and then you're persuaded the other way i don't want to give too much away but it, it it is really intriguing like you're you're you really get wrapped into it it's in my top five so i'm gonna i'm gonna wait okay so i think Fuck Eric, might, uh, <laughs> i don't know you might hear a little too much um, so my number seven, I'm not sure if this is in, uh, you guys' top tens, but, um, Bo is Afraid. Anybody? Anybody? No, no top I, I missed it. I didn't watch it. Uh, okay. It's, it's a long one. It's Ari Aster. Uh, it's, it's, you know, pretty long. I think it's around three hours. Um, it's with, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, who's cast perfectly as a deranged, uh, schizophrenic who was, uh, you know, haphazardly given the wrong medication. And then we just watch his his mind absolutely unravel. And Ari Aster is a master of detail, I find. I, I really do find he's a master of detail. In, in Midsummer, um, in Hereditary, like you could watch his movies at least three or five times and constantly notice new and different details in, in the films. Like there's, there's tons of multiple storylines that are you know, happening 
um, simultaneously. So it, it's it's a fantastic film. Um, and you know, as somebody who worked with people with like schizophrenia, I don't know. I found it really intriguing. I found it really interesting. Um, and obviously, you know, it's an exaggeration. I'm sure. Um, you know, it's his take on it. Um, but uh, it 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 was absolutely exciting. I think you guys should really check it out. There's never a dull moment. I uh, I'm not a huge Ari Aster fan. Uh, I I stopped watching. I, I stopped watching Midsummer halfway through. I thought it was you know I I, I know Matt, I had the same reaction. Look, he needs look, to give it another chance. I, I, like I have I no can, idea. I, 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 no one loves uh, more like crazy like like effed up movies than me. But Midsummer for me was just like. I was like, well, Bo is afraid is pretty messed up. Um, but you know, I, I haven't seen Bo is afraid. Yeah. Look, I, I understand why, uh, someone would like it, but, uh, for me, I haven't seen it. I've heard, I've heard this is a very strange movie. Like there's, I don't really know much about it other than like, it's a, it's a weird one. I've heard that there aren't many movies out there like this one that like you, there aren't many comps for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's as weird as they come. It's a guy with mental derangement delusion issues, um, and we're seeing everything from his perspective. So yeah, things are gonna get uh, askew. Um, I I find it really fun and engaging uh, because you know you're kind of trying to guess as to what's really going on. Like, what's the reality of um, his character of what Bo's situation is you know because we're seeing his perspective which is obviously like a deluded perspective Mm. um so it's kind of fun to guess like oh i wonder where he is now or what's actually happening now because you know ari aster definitely hints at everything that's actually happening and what the reality is and and so yeah i i can't wait cannot wait for the director's commentary uh so for me it's seven six yep yep okay so uh seven i have saltburn Nice. Look, I loved Saltburn. And we we just talked about sort of, you know, uh, crazy effed up movies. Saltburn is definitely one of them, especially with those three uh, key scenes. Um, you know, I I talked about Jacob Elordi. I'm not going to spend a lot of time. I think he's I think he's fantastic. I think he does he's he had a big year. Big year for Jacob Elordi. Um, I think he's fantastic. Uh, I think he 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 he's a really good actor. I think he can get into his character skin uh, very well. Um, the storyline, look, a lot of people think it fell flat and I th- it had no substance. I thought it had a lot of substance. I thought the ending was really good. I think Barry Keoghan, uh, you know, I think he's fantastic. Uh, we first saw him in in Dunkirk, uh, but I think he's he's really really good. I think he does a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he he may be one of those method actors that we've we've been missing out on uh, the last couple of years. Um, but I thought I thought from start to end, I think it was beautiful to watch. One, I thought the ending was good. Two, and I think the acting was great. Uh, three, uh, so I really really enjoyed Saltburn. I thought it was uh, I thought it was fantastic. And for six. Uh, just outside my top five, I'm gonna go past lives. I thought past lives. Nice. I, I thought past lives was fantastic. Uh, a great romance from start to finish. Uh, I'm really excited to see what Celine Song does next. 
Um, I thought the acting was fantastic. I thought the plot was great. The story in itself was fantastic. Uh, and I encourage everyone to, to watch Past Lives. Fantastic. Could have been easily in the top five, but uh, it's at six for me. Yeah, for me, it's my number four. Uh, couldn't agree more. Past Lives is so fantastic. Um, I, I just, you know, I fell in love with the characters, honestly. Um, yeah. I just love seeing them at the different stages of their life. You know, they meet as kids. Uh, we see them later on as, you know, young adults. Um, and then further on as mature adults. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know, a beautiful story. It's very real. Um, and yet very engaging. So, yeah, I loved it. Couldn't agree more, Ness. It's also very high for me. Uh, I'll just tell, give my spiel right now in past lives. It's the only movie on my list I've watched twice, actually. Um, love the characters. It was like bittersweet at the end. Like it really, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but like it really made me think this movie after thinking about like past decisions I've made and stuff like that. Anyways, thought provoking. This is my kind of movie too. Probably the shortest Asian movie I've ever seen because they're normally well over two hours, but this one's a lot shorter and gets going pretty fast. Anyways, loved past lives too, guys. And I'll bring it up later. And I'm just saying what I'm saying right now for it. I know it's going to come up later. Like I've, I have not seen this again. This is another one that has was on my radar for the longest time. Just never had the chance or wasn't playing in the landmark theater in Orleans. Right. Talked about this a bunch on the pod. We just don't get these movies anyway. So it's too bad. I'm glad you guys all have it on your list there, but it is not on mine. So looking forward. Could have sent you a link, Eric. Yeah, I could have sent you a link. Ask me next time. <laughs> this weekend, I'll hook, hook it up for me then, man. All right. Dallas, all what's right. your uh, number six, Dallas? What am I on now? I'm on six, number six. Six, yeah. six eh? Okay, so yeah. Uh, my number six is uh, The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. Um, yeah, oh. with uh, Benedict uh, Cumberbatch. Now, you know, should this be on my list? Uh, it's a, it's almost a short film. You know, it's I think it's 39 minutes long. I, I watched it five times. Wow. Uh, yeah, five times. I just, I don't know. It just hit a struck a chord with me. I was like, wow, like I could watch this again and again. And I, I think I figured out why. Wes Anderson, when he's when he's in the zone, he gets you into a rhythm. His his really successful movies are rhythmic. They like get you into it and then you're just like in this groove with Wes Anderson's dialogue. It's like, you know, kind of Aaron Sorkin-esque, where it's just kind of like go one after another. Um, and yeah, with, with this one, he found his groove and I was completely head over heels. And then, you know, it's, uh, Roald Dahl, um, you know, the famous child author. So, you know, it's a story that's already proven to be very successful, um, uh, combined with Wes Anderson's, uh, rhythmic kind of dialogue. It just, I don't know. It, it was really, it was like a pleasure. It was like a guilty pleasure for me. I would put it on just like if I was bored or something in the background and, um, yeah, I, I couldn't stop watching it. It was really nice. I missed it. I'm kicking myself right now. I, I got to watch it. Maybe it's watch it Netflix, after. It's on Netflix, Matt. Maybe watch it after we uh, get off the pod, actually. I, yeah, it's like, it's I just totally skipped minutes. it, uh, Dallas. Kicking myself right now. Yeah, you should be kicking yourself. Yeah. Yeah, same here. I haven't seen, I haven't seen it either, honestly. I'm going to talk about that movie in a sec. Okay. I mean, I love Wes Anderson. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Wes Anderson's style. It just, this one, I, I skipped it. I 
Well, maybe yeah. I, maybe I kind of omitted it because it was a shorter movie too. It wasn't a full feature length film. I've seen almost all of his movies too, and I love all of them. Yeah. So it just maybe one that I just didn't really consider as much because it wasn't a full like a longer movie. I I missed I missed both his movies this year actually, and yeah, now I'm gonna I'm guessing them. this is the one to watch. So I heard I missed yeah, Asteroid anyways. City. Yeah, I heard Asteroid City is divisive, but anyways, number six we already talked about it, and I'm just gonna give my two cents. Number six for me is Across the Spider Verse. This movie has no business looking this good. Um, I I was super hyped for me. I folded my arms before watching it. I'm like impressed me because I'm like I'm not like I I'm doubting that it could top the first one, and it did. Uh, I could spend 10 minutes talking about the visuals and I wouldn't even do it justice. That's how amazing it looked. I watched it on my TV at home. Like I didn't even watch this at the theater, which is a stupid mistake by my part, but uh, loved how it ended too. Like I was like, there's 10 minutes left. There's no way they can do this. So what's going to happen? Anyways, loved every minute of this movie just because of the visuals. Like it was eye candy. This movie is eye candy. I'm done talking about it. We've already talked about it. That's my number six, Across the Spider-Verse. I couldn't agree more. Visual eye candy. It's it's like a, it's a trip. It's a trip. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Seeing it in the theaters was fantastic. Uh, for the visuals, I fully agree that it's way better than the first one. I, as a movie in general, I still like the first one more. Uh, the first one almost made me cry. Maybe I did cry. <laughs> it's none of your business, but... Um, like this, the second one, yeah, like it, it, I definitely didn't have the same emotional elicitation, but, uh, but yeah, holy crap. Like it, it's literally a trip. I was sitting in the theater. I was sitting like pretty much where to the point where the screen was like blocking my peripheral. So I just had full view and I've never done LSD. I don't plan on doing LSD, but I can just safely assume that's what LSD is like. Nice. Good comparison. So yeah. no, great pick, Matt. Of course, I, I loved it as well. We'll talk about it later. Um, okay. Like this to segue into my next pick. And again, I don't really feel like I need to defend my picks. I'm still going to, though. <laughs> These are favorites, you know, not best of the yeah. year in my books. And this is one that co going into the year I was very excited for. You know, it was a big year for animated movies. There was a lot of different styles that were... Uh, a part of the different movies that I've seen. I saw a lot of animated movies last year and one that, like I said, I had circled on the calendar, which is one that I've seen twice. One of the few ones I've seen twice of last year made me feel like I was eight years old again. Super Mario Bros. movie number six mm. for me. Nice. Uh, for me, Super Mario Bros. Loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, got a lot of hate, honestly, which I, because I think yeah. a lot of people hate for some reason, uh, they hate Chris Pratt. Mm -hmm. um, I, but I thought Super Mario Bros. is just how it's on my top 10. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. It's just an enjoyable watch. You know, you, you watch it. Uh, there's no sort of real substance to it. You know, Peach is still super hot, oh, yeah. as always. <laughs> um, but uh, loved Super Mario Bros. I thought it was... I thought it was uh, really enjoyed watching it. You know, it's it's sort of like a, a fun time at the theaters type thing. I, I like that pick. It's also my top 10, but I, I like that pick a lot. Thank you, Nez. That yeah, means a lot coming from you, given how we started off with this list there. But no, I love to hear that, getting some support. <laughs> you know, I loved it too. Like, it, it's just a straightforward movie. There's no other messages in there too. It's just, no. it is what it is. Like, you go in there, turn your brain off. And like I said, for me, it brought me back to being younger. Like, I grew up on Mario games, still play them to this day love them 
And I just love that it's world. It's super and nostalgic. Exactly. And they nailed yeah. all of those yeah. different aspects from pulling stuff from different games, like the Mario Kart in there, the different yeah. layouts, like yeah. the 2D scenes, the 3D. I was just a sucker for it all. And I really hope they keep going down this path of movies in this universe, like the Nintendo uh, different uh, properties. I'd be there. I'll be there opening night for all of them. So yeah, I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts, Matt or Dallas on Super Mario Bros. Matt, I know you've seen it a couple Go of ahead. times. I, I didn't see it, but uh, but yeah, you know, I heard it was great. I, I plan on checking it out for sure. It's definitely on my to-do list. I heard it got a lot of hit, hate because Chris Pratt is not Italian. Mm, yeah. Uh, I mean, Mario's hardly Italian. It's such a small yeah. part of who he is. Like, he's a video game character created by a Japanese company. Like, who cares? You know, people, I don't know, people just want to be divisive sometimes. Um, but yeah, I, I heard it was fantastic. I definitely plan. Charlie Day was fantastic as Luigi, Luigi as well. Yeah. Underused. And and Jack Black. Oh yeah, the, Jack even Black. Even Seth yeah. Rogen's Donkey Kong is fantastic. Yeah. Just quickly, I said I only rewatched a movie twice. Well, actually, this is the movie I've seen the most this year for the simple fact that my girlfriend's daughter, who's almost six, watches this movie almost every day. We watched it this morning again. Let's like, go. what? Uh, she was sick today. Yeah, like I've seen this movie maybe 40 times because it's her movie. You know, kids rewatch the same movie. So you know what? I I can almost recite this movie. Uh, I've seen it way too many times, basically. But you know what? There's still parts that like I'm pumped up for. And I've seen the action scenes a million times and it's still great. It holds up, guys. Trust me, I've seen it like a lot. Um, always like the beginning more than the end too because we don't always make it through the whole thing but uh, yeah super mario brothers very solid if this movie was that. released when i was six years old this would be my fa i'd be watching it at least once a day for sure no no questions asked yeah exactly she loves it she eats it up she loves the singing like bowser singing and like peach and anyways yeah uh eric it's you again i believe so I'm going back to back here, picks that I know Nez are going to like. So for me, top five, we're entering the next tier of movies. I did this for the TV shows too. I had three tiers of um, TV shows and doing the same for movies. Second tier of movies for me, Oppenheimer number five. Nice. Whoa. So I know, I know what you're thinking low. right away. You're like, how is, that, how is that not top three? How is that not number one? You might even be asking yourself. For me, I was a big fan of Oppenheimer, honestly. The running time... I think it maybe bothered some people. For me, I was hooked the whole time. Didn't know much about his story and um, wanted to just find out where it was going with the um, cuts and time. Again, I've only seen this movie once, and I feel like I have said this on the pod. I'll say it again. I have a strong feeling this is a movie that gets better with multiple viewings. So I'm uh, confident saying that once I watch this movie again, my opinion of it will only get better. And I've heard from people who have seen it multiple times that they liked it more which each and every viewing. But for me, one-time watch, absolutely loved it. Performance is awesome. Big bounce back for me with Christopher Nolan. Like I said at the onset of the pod, wasn't really a crazy fan of Tenet, and I didn't really like Dunkirk that much either. So this is a nice return to form in my books. And I am a, I am a fan of Christopher Nolan's work by and large. So really, um, really happy with this one. And I went into it with high expectations and also seeing that it could end up being a letdown given that there are such high expectations for it. Massive cast. Biopics, not always my thing, but no, this one, he nailed it. And um, I was a big fan, so here you guys, Oppenheimer. I'll, I'll let Nez jump in, because I know he's probably just frothing at the mouth. <laughs> You're going to have to wait to see what I say about Oppenheimer. 
Fair yeah, enough. I have my number two. I, I wholeheartedly disagree with it being five. But you know, it's a it's a it's a personal preference, so uh, I'll 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 defer. Yeah, okay. Keep it there. I'll keep it there. Okay. Okay. Dallas. Uh yeah, I loved it. It's my number two. I'll tell you why I loved it briefly. You know, first off, Christopher Nolan, huge bias. I just love the guy. I think he he nails down um, exactly how a movie should be shot. Um, you know, we've heard actors talk about how his sets are just different. Um, Killian Murphy has, has discussed it, um, where, you know, you walk onto a Christopher Nolan set and it's just a different vibe. You know, you're watching a real movie there. Um, and also for me, the story is one of the most important things. Um, and a story about the atomic bomb, like how have we not had a biopic done about this yet? It's like unbelievable. So to have Christopher Nolan take that, uh, take that job. Uh, is for me it's a dream come true um and uh and yeah i learned a lot and it was it was i don't know it was just perfectly shot it was fantastic it touched on his personal life which was fine um but uh yeah i just i just loved the absolute race to discovering the uh the science behind um creating a bomb that could wipe out i just couldn't believe it yeah i couldn't wrap my mind around it that's what christopher nolan's movies do to me i just want to wrap my mind around it and we we get like can you believe it? we get all the greatest minds the greatest scientists together for what not to stop world hunger not to invent you know a um carbon free emission car no we we get the greatest minds on planet earth to discover and invent a bomb that can eliminate hundreds of thousands of lives like it's just unbelievable yeah. so yeah i'll just say my thoughts on it right now too because i think Nez has it higher on his list than me. Like, I have it high, too, but I'll just say my thoughts now. Um, loved it. Return to form for Nolan. I agree with Eric. Um, honestly, Dallas, what you said, I, I can't top that. All I'm going to say is I wasn't bored for a second at the theater. I loved every scene. I love the scenes with Albert Einstein. That's all I'm going to say. Like, those little moments were perfection. Killian Murphy, fucking awesome. And we'll let Nez talk about it later. And, like, I'll probably agree with everything you just say, too, Nez. So... Uh, okay, my number five, we've already talked about it, and I'm going to explain why I loved it. Number five for me is Saltburn. The reason why it's this high on my list is I love shock cinema, or disturbing if you want to call it, or exploitation. Like, I love seeing the shock value, that stuff. I love, I just eat it up. Um, poor choice of words. Um, <laughs> Lick Barry, it up. <laughs> Barry Ke- yeah, Barry Keoghan was amazing, and Jake Allardy too. I loved him in Euphoria. He's such a scumbag. So this is weird to see him like a different in a different light. Um, love the setting. All the side characters were good too, like the mom and dad, and I don't know. Th- these are the types of movies for me. Like this is like the mo- the movies I like to watch. The movies that kind of have like twisted, dark images and stories. You know. Um, and at this movie, like the hype, there was a lot of hype with the shocking scenes and it lived up to the hype for me. Um, this is a movie I'll easily, I'll rewatch. Um, it's not a perfect movie story-wise. Like there's some, there's a lot of coincidences, I guess, like leading up, but you know what? It's not perfect, but it's one of my favorites of the year. Number five for me, Saltburn. I know we've talked about a lot. One other thing I feel like that hasn't been brought up is that I found this movie hilarious. I don't know about you guys there, but yes. I was laughing quite a bit yeah. watching this. Like it was sneaky, very funny. Um, Rosamund Pike yeah. had me just dying. Like almost every one of her lines was hilarious. The delivery too was just money. 
Yeah, yeah. Eric, I was going to say it's a dark comedy. Yeah. Um, it's so funny. Like, I don't want to say any spoilers, but the scene where they're wheeling out a certain corpse and they're trying to eat. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> the dad's yelling, just eat your fucking food, you know, and you just hear like yeah. them struggling yeah. out there. Like, yeah, it's hilarious. It's a great dark comedy. I, I love that stuff. Dad Dallas, it'd be Dad you Dallas. now number five. Number five. Uh, yeah, Spider-Man uh, crushed it. LSD yes. trip. We've been there. Uh, yeah, number five. All right. Uh, number five for me is the wonderful story of Henry Sugar. <sighs> nice. Look, I watched uh, Asteroid City. Oh, did not like it at all. I thought uh, that was back-to-back misses for uh, for Wes Anderson. His other movie escapes me. French Dispatch. Uh, French, the French Dispatch. Yeah. yeah, I thought both of those were were massive misses for Wes Anderson. I thought, uh, although a short film, uh, by definition, I thought the wonderful story of Henry Sugar was fantastic. Uh, it it's Wes Anderson back in his old like old form. Um, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch, I think he's fantastic. Uh, but for me, uh, the wonderful story of Hunter Sugar, start to finish, hooked. Um, and also, you know, I'm a teacher and I teach uh, English class, uh, English class. So um, uh, we had a, a, a unit on movie reviews, which obviously mm. I loved. And, <laughs> and one thing, uh, and sort of the summative evaluation for that was that they had to watch a movie and then they had to, uh, to sort of write a review on it. Um, and to prepare them for their sum of, uh, sum of evaluation, I put the wonderful story of Henry Sugar in class and I said, look, we're going to watch this movie and then you guys are going to write a review on the movie that we're going to watch. It's a, it's a perfect storm, right? It's 40 minutes uh, and a class is 75 minutes, uh, in high school. So they watched it, they wrote a review. They loved it. I loved it again. It was the second time I had seen it. The ending is fantastic. I, I, I don't think you'll be disappointed when you watch it. I think it's, it's so, it's so, so good for me. Five, the wonderful story of Henry sugar for sure. I hate setting people's expectations so high about movies. Sure. Cause I feel like I always set them up for disappointment cause they go in with like this inflated expectation. And then they're like, oh, well, it's good, but, you know, it's not breathtaking. Uh, but, yeah, for me, it's like, it's just, ah, it just hits. It's so good. It, like, the moving sets, like, everything is just so detailed. It's classic Wes Anderson. Um, it, like, takes me back to Grand Budapest, you know, to me, his best. Yeah. By far, And, by yeah, far. it's just, you know, everything's moving. The sets are moving. Everything's going. Um, it's hilarious. It's so funny. Um, so yeah, it, I don't know for me, it's fantastic. You guys need to check it out. Yeah. For me, uh, Wes Anderson, uh, my take on him, uh, a lot of people think he's overrated. Uh, I don't think that, uh, but I think that Wes Anderson has one like great movie, which is Grand Budapest and he, uh, all his other movies are good. And I think that uh, the wonderful story of Henry Sugar is like good, great. You know, I think it's oh. it's there. It's there. Um, so for me, uh, I loved it. And number four for me, I'm gonna go the holdovers. Nice. Paul Giamatti's the man. He is the man. Yeah. 
this is a hot take, but uh, Eric, you should probably clip this. I think Paul Giamatti is going to win the uh, the Oscar for Best Actor. I think he's going to beat out Killian Murphy for Best Actor. He won the Critic Choice Awards last weekend, which is big. And if he wins the BAFTA coming up, he's going to win the Oscars. I watched Maestro, and, and it's also my top 10, but I watched Maestro, and when I watched it, I sort of said, okay, I think... Bradley Cooper is going to win, but Bradley Cooper, for some reason, got a lot of hate, so I don't think he's going to win anymore, and it's between Killian, and obviously, I would prefer Killian to win, uh, but I really think now that Paul Giamatti is going to win the Oscar for Best Actor for The Holdovers, start to finish, it's a, it's a wholesome story, it's very touching, uh, Paul Giamatti's fantastic, you know. Uh, everything he does, he's good. I mean, like, yeah, Nez, uh, I couldn't agree more. I think it's neck and neck between Killian and and Giamatti. It's neck and neck. It's neck and neck for the type of movie that it is. Uh, I re- and the amount of Oscars that Oppenheimer is going to win, and I'm going to talk about that when I get to Oppenheimer. Uh, I think that the one caveat is that Paul Giamatti will win the Oscars for the holdovers. I'll talk about it later. Yeah, me too. I have it as my number okay. three. Um, is it me uh, again? No. Your turn now, yeah. Yeah? Four. Okay. Four. Number four is uh, Past Lives. We've talked about Past Lives. Absolutely loved it. Um, great romance. Um, it's so real. For me, it was the realism. Um, and it's just a fantastic story. Like, it could be based on a true story. It, I'm sure it is. I, I'm sure that story's happened a million times to a million different people. Um, and you know, it, it just encapsulates like these like distance relationships and lost love and, you know, just kind of falling out of touch with somebody that you still think about and care about. And yeah, for me, past lives is my number four. It, you guys need to, if you haven't seen it, check it out on the list. Their faces are worth like a hundred words. Like some of the shots, like you, what are they thinking right now? Uh, past lives is my number four too, actually. So I'll just keep going. Um, I didn't know where to place this one. Like, honestly, like, my top, like, five could all be number one, possibly. But, like, anyways, I already talked about Past Lives. We can move on to Eric's uh, number four. But, yeah, a great movie. Watched it twice. Well, I just wanted to also mention, Eric, um, sorry, but uh, I also wanted to mention just about Past Lives. One of the best characters is the the American husband, you know, yeah. who he's just struggling to cope with this, like, you know, like, what the hell, <laughs> yeah. like. You know, yeah. this newfound jealousy <laughs> that he has and this fear. Um, it, 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 you could do a, a nice, like, character um, breakdown on, on, on the American husband. It's it's really fun. Okay, right on. Sorry, Eric. No, it's all good. No, I mean, I haven't seen Past Lines, so I'll be sure to look out for the American husband and see uh, <laughs> where to dissect that character maybe in a future episode. Yeah. Who knows? But all no, great picks. Um, now I'm really, like, I'm regretting not seeing this one and uh, – I didn't mention, but haven't seen Holdovers as well. So this one now, my number four, this is one where I look at Oppenheimer could easily surpass if once I watch it again, both the one that I'm going to say and Oppenheimer. So me again, it's feeling in the theater and I was just hooked again, longer movies, start to finish a series of movies that I enjoy from one to now four. So me would be John Wick four, number four movie of the year. Just absolutely love them. I'd love the John Wick movies, honestly. 
don't really feel like there's too much more to say about it. I love seeing Keanu Reeves perform these stunts and just how they keep kind of like the Mission kind of like the Mission Impossible um, franchise. Like they just keep leveling up in the way that they do action sequences. And with John Wick, it's just like the hand to hand, the gun play, knife play, and um, yeah. I mean, again, expanded on the world. Great villain in this one, the um, Bill Skarsgård. I was a big fan of his character. And um, Bill Skarsgård's very good. He was great. yeah, he's fantastic. Um, yeah. So yeah, and I mean, I don't know where this franchise goes now going forward. Are we gonna see a John Wick five? Who knows? I feel like this is a strong um could be a strong final um, installment in this series. One of the better best ones in my opinion. I'd have this and one as my favorite be a toss up. I've obviously seen the first one way more times, but I love this fourth one. I think it was the best of the sequels, no doubt. So that'd be my number four pick. I haven't seen it. Um, okay. but I've seen the first three, so Oh, okay. So uh, I, I, I saw it. Check it out. Yo, go finish your thought, Dallas. Well, sorry. I was just gonna say I need to check it out. Okay. I saw it at the theater. I Eric, I fully enjoyed it too. This was like would have made my top fifteen, you know. Uh, cause I had a blast watching this. It's, it's a long movie, but I wasn't bored for a second cause it's filled with these huge action set pieces that honestly all deserve to be like the climax of another, of a lesser action movie, but here they're just peppered throughout the movie. So you, you jump from one to the other. Anyways, good pick, exactly. Eric. It just never stops. It's unreal. Okay. Yeah. So number three pick this actually, I had as high as number two until I rejig some stuff at later down the line as I made my list. Didn't expect to like this movie as much as I did. And I'm, I've talked about it on the pod already. I'm not a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles guy growing up, but I absolutely love this movie, Mutant Mayhem. Absolutely had a blast with this. Thought it was hilarious. Great animation style. And just going into it, had kind of low expectations, but or just decent expectations, whatever. I don't know. There's a lot of pop culture references in there that resonated with me. I like the story, just the like kind of trying to find a place in uh, the world to fit in if you're a bit different kind of thing. And uh, great action, great music. I had a great time with this one. I don't know if you guys have checked it out. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I haven't seen Mutant it, Mayhem. no. I haven't seen it. No, I haven't seen it. Too much time <laughs> Eric, you saw 33 yeah, movies this year. Eric's really going off the board here tonight. Yeah, Eric, like, you saw 33 crazy. movies this year. Hey, like I, we're just completely on different planets. I right said now. it going into it. I knew I'd have a very different list than you guys because I am missing these movies that are on my list. Like I do want to see them. I just didn't get a chance to. But um, you know, I'm um, going from the heart here with these picks. Love it. No, I love it. That one's on my list to check out because I heard really good things about it. Just the style. And in your review, Eric, you roll like you you get used to it pretty fast, and you're all in. Like it's very unique. It's really looking. different for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, my number three. We've already talked about it, and we're gonna hear Nez give his like magnum opus on it. But like my number three is Oppenheimer. We've already talked about it. Um, all I'm gonna say is I love Nolan's choice of like having the three separate time, like the three separate. Uh, like the Jason Clark interrogation timeline, the the black and white, the the beginning, the origin, like mixing the narrative basically. I like the narrative and how he presented it, nonlinear narrative, um, showing the three different moments of his life. Anyways, we'll talk about. Uh, Nez will give uh will give the uh, closing thoughts on that movie. That's my number three though, Oppenheimer. Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> it's uh it's a bit low for me on three, but you know. I uh I, I respect could have easily been one, but yeah. 
three three is a solid for oh, me yeah. like that's, that's it's a, a good spot it's a great spot for him, yeah. nothing wrong yeah once that. you get into the top three all of them are kind of interchangeable yeah. so dallas what would be your number three uh my number three was holdover um nice now now paul giamatti you know it goes without saying he was incredible and i just loved his character how we kept discovering new things about his character and how it kind of explained his personality and why he is the way he is and you know he, he kind of becomes more revealing when at first he's such a steadfast character that you're like there's not much more to this guy that he's just he's just kind of a, a prick you know he's just very strict and he demands the best um but then we discover that he's actually very flawed himself and you know um but for me who stole the show was dominic sessa who plays the young man get this so alexander payne goes to a bunch of locations to shoot he goes to this private school he's like oh this looks like a good shooting location meets a young man in their theater program and goes oh you look like you'd fit in <laughs> casts this young man wow. who has never been in a film before to star as a private school student while attending his private school. So he essentially wow. shot Dominic Sessa in his home environment, um, yep. being himself, essentially. You know, so it was just, I, I thought he stole the show. I couldn't believe that that was his first blockbuster film. Like, he was, he's such a natural. And he, like, I think he started to go to that school based off of, like, a hockey scholarship. So, yeah. you know, hockey player, we love that. Uh, go, sends go. Um, yes, well said, well done. And, uh, and yeah, Dominic Sessa, Paul Giamatti, fantastic. Yeah, Dominic Sessa, I mean, he, he was fantastic. Uh, it, it's a funny story because Alexander Payne, who's director, he, with the casting director of that movie, they had trouble finding sort of a young actor. So they basically went to that school and said, <laughs> like, show us your art, like your, 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 your drama department. And they found Dominic Sessa <laughs> at that school. Crazy. And they went, okay, Dominic Sesso will do. And he f fucking killed it. So uh, good good for him. I hope it really kickstarted his career. Uh, you know, I had it a four, obviously, but uh, it's it's so good. And the acting is great. She's she's going to, uh, I, I, for, I forget her name, but, uh, you know, sort of like the lunch lady, I guess. She's going to win most likely Best Supporting Actress in life. Probably. She was great. So for me, three is going to be Anatomy of a Fall. Um, mm. Look, I thought Anatomy of a Fall uh, start to finish was fantastic. The acting was great. And I, I wrote this in my letterbox review. It sort of feels like you're not w really watching a movie. I, it, the direction is so good. Like you're, you're, you know, you're in those courtroom scenes and you're sort of like, you know, how, how, how did they film this? Because... I, I don't know if they sort of set up a bunch of cameras and it was like, all right, we're doing this and, and sort of, you know, they obviously didn't do this, but it felt as though they were like, we're doing this in one shot and there's a bunch of cameras set up and we're going to pick the best, the best sort of, uh, the best shot for whichever scene is going through. Uh, but you know, like the courtroom scenes, it literally feels like you're, you're in a courtroom for real and you're you're following a real life sort of like possible sort of murder trial and i thought it was fantastic from the, the acting is great um it's a french movie for the most part 
and the subtitles weren't working for me and thank god i'm french so i just said <laughs> you know like i I, wow. I just said you know i just said well fuck it i you know i'm french so i'll i'll just i'll just listen to it it's one of those movies where it can be higher but uh it's not because of my other two movies uh that were fantastic uh but anatomy of a fall uh everyone needs to watch it france for some reason they didn't they they didn't nominate they didn't sort of apply this movie to the oscars uh for some reason as a as a as a sort of foreign film or whatever uh so that's a huge miss for france yeah uh, the setting is is really awesome sort of like this this uh this house in in the in the woods and it's you know in the middle of winter and uh the acting is great there's a some flashback scenes that are fantastic um so oh, yeah. start to start to finish i mean you can't get you can't go wrong with anatomy of fall uh so yeah that's my number three um before you guys get into that if you want to i'll go number two hold on yeah, and... yeah i just want to i just want honorable mention antoine reynard's the prosecutor he mm. was fantastic killed it killed yeah. it yeah, yeah yeah he was fantastic he, he killed it he killed it. I, I thought he was and... he really got me going and number two for me is poor things uh, poor things for me. I I went to the movies. Uh, as I do fairly often, I went alone, uh, and I went to go watch it. And it was funny because I knew that it was sort of a very sexual movie, and mm-hmm. it uh, it was funny because two grandmas walked in. So it was me and two grandmas. <laughs> it was me and two grandmas in in the movie theater, and I texted Dallas. I'm like, yo, two grandmas just showed up. Like, holy shit, man. Uh, so, uh, but they, they loved it. They were, they were laughing the whole time. They were really into it. They were talking about it on the way out. Uh, they loved it. Poor things. I mean, look, um, I've talked about, uh, actresses, Margot Robbie's up there for me. Uh, uh, Jessica Chastain is still number one. Emma Stone. My God. Uh, wow. Uh, if she's not, she, if she's not third, I mean, she's, she's up there. I mean, she's great in everything she does. La La Land, which is one of my favorite movies, uh, she's fantastic in, and uh, the movie that a lot of people hate, uh, the the trilogy that a lot of people hate, which is The Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield, and we talked about this on the last pod, I'm an original Tobey Maguire Spider-Man fan, however, I think that Andrew Garfield is the better actor, uh, uh, well, Andrew Garfield is one of the best actors out there, uh, by far uh the movies are fine but emma stone kills it in those movies again uh and in poor things it's tour de force like she is (laughs) i mean she is fantastic um and i wrote this in my letterbox review and uh it's gonna be an absolute shame shame and i mean shame that she's going to lose to Lily Gladstone because Lily Gladstone is going to win. And we haven't talked about killers of the flower moon. I have a lot of, I have a lot of problems with that movie. Lily Gladstone's fine. Uh, I think she suffered from a bad script. Um, and she's obviously going to win because of the whole sort of, you know, yeah. uh, Politically correct. Yeah. It's, it's a politically correct sort of pick. She's going to win. 100% 100% like this if there's a slam dunk when it comes to the Oscars it's that Lily Gladstone is gonna win and it's an 
not not to take away from Lily Gladstone, but it's an absolute shame that Emma Stone's not gonna win. It's an absolute shame. Uh, Willem Dafoe, good job. I think the set pieces are really really uh, nice in this movie. The story's great. Um, Yorgos, uh, he's he's really good. He's not gonna win best director. Uh, and I don't think Poor Things is gonna win best picture. Uh, but I think he deserves his flowers. I think that if he keeps going on this trail, he's going to win a lot in the future. But poor things for me too. Uh, so, so good. Uh, and if it wasn't for Oppenheimer, it probably would have been one for me. I haven't, uh, just quickly, I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. I've loved all of Yorgos Lanthimos's other movies, so it's not a stretch to say I'll probably love this movie too. I'm just waiting to watch it, so. Matt, yeah, love, love to hear that, because I was kind of worried that it'd be your number one or two. I'm like, all right, these guys all have the same picks except for me here, but no, great to hear. Like, they just started, they, they're airing this at the landmark that I talked about earlier in Orleans, so I am going to go check this out this week. It's on my list of things uh, to do. So. A lot of sex. Yeah, a lot of no, sex. So, I've, so I've heard. Looking forward to so, it. Yeah. Looking forward to it. <laughs> a lot of sex. <laughs> so I know great, a great rundown of it, Nez. I'm definitely I'm looking forward to seeing it. I told I told Dallas I was like I'm really happy I saw this movie by myself. Because Awkward, I saw it with my right? girlfriend. There's a, there's a lot of sex in there. My God, it's crazy. Yeah, which is I great. Had no idea what I was getting myself into. So Dallas, uh, number two. My number two. My, yeah, my number two is Oppenheimer. Um, it was neck and neck with poor things, you know, like I said about the top three, they're kind of interchangeable, you know, they're all my number one, honestly, all three of them. Um, yeah. And I think we've touched on Oppenheimer enough. I want to dive into my number one. Um, if I may poor things, um, yeah, like this is my, this is my kind of movie. Like it's, it's every stage of life. And I know, you know, you guys are saying Lily Gladstone will probably, you know, take the Oscar. Um, I really hope she doesn't though, just because I mean, she's, and it's probably not her fault or anything, but she's so one dimensional mm. in, um, killers of the flower moon. Like there's yes. not much Agreed. to yes. her character. Um, yes. we don't really see too much, you know, um, vacillating emotion from her. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Emma stone, we get to see her at literally every stage of life. You know, like she had to be essentially like six different, seven different characters. Mm. You know, we see her at the beginning of um, infancy to the point of self-actualization and everything in between. And as it happens um, in between, I guess there's a lot of sex as Mm. pertains to her uh, development. Fantastic. uh, but yeah. Oh, and the, if I can dive into the sex scenes, you know, I, I, this is a PG 13 podcast, but you know, <laughs> it's, they're hot scenes. Mark Ruffalo yeah. is a connoisseur. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh yeah. Mark Ruffalo puts it down. Uh, you right. know, and I just, the, Mark Ruffalo is hilarious. I the love guy can move his hips. This, yeah. I loved the scenes between Mark Ruffalo and Emma Stone. I just thought it was so funny. He was hilarious. You know, it's the classic, like, uh, I don't want to give too much away because a lot of you guys haven't seen it, but, um, you know, it's the classic, like, oh, you have the nice guy who's always been there for you and blah, blah, blah. And you know, he's going to be there, but then you have this adventurous guy who's like, you yes. know, kind of brass, kind of arrogant and he's exciting yes. adventurous. So, um, yeah, it, it tried to look at it as like all of these different life stages. 
Um, and for me, it was, it was absolutely a perfect movie. Like I, uh, there was nothing bad about it. I could watch it again and again. Um, and I walked out of there feeling like I got my money's worth, not just because of Emma Stone and Mark Ruffalo being in, you know, uh, t 20 different sex scenes, but, uh, yeah, that's my, that's my two cents. Awesome. Yeah. I, I need to check this out ASAP and I will, um, my number two, all right, my number two is a movie no one's going to have on their list. I, I couldn't do this list without including my favorite horror movie of the year. So my number two is When Evil Lurks. It's an Argentinian horror film. Extremely unsettling. This movie has images that I'll never forget. I don't even know if I'll rewatch this movie anytime soon, but there are some images burned in my brain, like shock, gore, intense, like unsettling. Um, the last 10 years has seen like some of the best horror films of all time like we've got gems from the different uh from foreign cinema basically um every year there's some like movies like this that nobody talks about don't get theatrical releases but i i follow the horror scene very closely listen to podcasts constantly read up on them and this was one of the top of the year for horror it's a it's a genre we've seen before but what sets it apart is the performances by the actors the extreme like gore and shock and just I, the, the pacing, the everything about it, I loved. It's When Evil Lurks, uh, Argentinian horror film. Very cool movie. Uh, I mean, I love, I am so biased, guys. Like, I love horror movies. I rarely pick them apart. Like, I just have a smile on my face every time I watch them. So, like, it's hard to be objective. But, like, this movie made a lot, create a lot of buzz with uh, in the horror community. And When Evil Lurks, number two, my favorite horror film of the year. Yeah. Nice. Love it. I haven't, I haven't seen it. I haven't heard of it, but I uh, love to see it get some representation on this list. That's uh, been lacking a bit of horror, honestly. Uh, I love, love it to see it. It popped off on Letterbox, and I really wanted to see it, but I just didn't end up seeing it. And now I'm really kicking myself. Like that was a stellar review. So I, I really should have checked it out when I could have. Not a horror guy. That's fine. There's a lot of good horror out there. Oh, when Halloween comes around, though, I just binge horror. Like, I can't stop. Yeah. I, yes. I, during the Halloween season, it's all horror for me, all thriller. Like, it's it's got to be, you know, on every single night, basically. I love to get in the mood of Halloween with Surrounded by Horror the thing to do so i'll go with my number two it's been on everyone's list so me it's a spider-man across the spider-verse absolutely loved nice. it went into it with high expectations again based on how much i liked it. the first one they're hyping it up that they're just making everything bigger and better and somehow they did honestly like, i didn't really think they would but i would say this is a better movie than the first one again might be a hot take but just love the um expansion of the world the new characters we've kind of already all touched on it there so not too much to say there, but really just a big fan of the development that we're taking in this story, the world, and where it's going. I think if I think the next one's going to be amazing too. Like, I don't think they're going to drop the ball on Beyond yeah, the Spider Verse. Be. Like I'm pretty set on and convinced that they're going to nail it and close out yeah. this trilogy perfectly. So yeah, yeah they, they will. will. Number two for me. Um, number one, Matt. You might know what I'm going with here. I don't know if you Nez and Dallas would know there, but um. This is one like you, Nez. Um, I went to see this one alone. 
which is not something that I enjoy doing. Mm. I like going to see movies with at least one person to talk about the movie after the movie. I don't really love talking during a movie. Then I like to just be dialed in. And this one, I was absolutely <sighs> dialed in the whole time. And it's while I was watching the movie, I'm like, this is my number one. No questions asked. Wow. I was just in it the whole time. What a ride. Just the feeling it evoked for me was very strong. Godzilla minus one. <laughs> Japanese yeah. movie. Wow. Fuck. Not I sure have if, to see it. Not sure if you guys have had a chance to check it out. You've no. probably heard the hype about it and how how well it's yes. been received. So I went into this movie. High expectations. And like the first 10 minutes in, I'm like, all right, I know this is going to be an absolute banger of a movie. And wow. it's not even just for the, the violence, the the monster, the monstrosities you come to expect from a Godzilla movie, right? It's just the, the, there's a beautiful story in here too, which I feel like is something that's lacking in all the other monster movies that we see. Like in the American Godzilla movies, we spend too much time with the human characters and not enough time with the monsters. Whereas in this one, like you could have even scrapped Godzilla from this movie and I would have been hooked the whole time just to see where these two characters go. There's a love story in here. Really, really touching stuff. But Godzilla still steals the show at the end of the day here. Let's be real. And the way they present him, he's just a terrifying monster and not someone that you're rooting for. Again, conversely to the American movies, like you're cheering for Godzilla. And this one, you're absolutely not rooting for Godzilla. He's just tearing Japan apart. It's tragic. And there's some beautiful, again, like the, the budget's $15 million. I don't know how they did what they did under that budget. Just say that. Yeah. I think if you can still yeah. see this in theater, strong, strong recommend. There's some amazing shots in here. Cinematography, script, all of it. Unbelievable movie. I gave it five stars on Letterboxd. And like I knew halfway through, I'm like, yeah, this is getting a five. I don't know about you guys, but when I watch wow. movies now with Letterboxd, I'm like thinking of what I'm going to rate a movie, which might in yeah. like hurt how I'm watching a movie because I'm just thinking about the rating I'll give it. I had to. I stopped thinking about the rating because I knew it was a five. So Godzilla wow. minus one, number one for me. Love it. I love that. I love that pick. I haven't seen it. I've heard great things. I haven't. I like. I've heard great things about it. But I love that pick. I think that's a, that's a really really good pick. Yeah, the budget is one of the reasons I didn't see it. I saw fifteen million. I didn't recognize the director. I think I had seen a couple maybe screen grabs or some pictures of what Godzilla looked like. Uh, maybe I got bad pictures. I don't know. But it looked like low budget a little bit. And then out of nowhere, people are just rating this thing like upwards of four stars on Letterboxd. I'm like, whoa, I really missed out. Yeah. Like there's something to this. So I, I'm. it's definitely on my to-do list. No, Dallas, I actually thought the same thing when I saw the initial pictures and like that it was 15 million. Like this looks like it's, it's going to be a joke. Like, I'm not checking this yeah. out. But then I saw the reviews coming. I'm like, all right, let's see if I can go check this out. And uh, I'm very happy I did. I had a feeling this would be your number one, Eric. I heard nothing but good things about this. And I'm here. I'm listening to a lot of top 10 lists for 2023 right now. And Godzilla's on there. So I'm going to have to check it out. Uh, I was trying to actually. I just uh, no time. Okay, my number one, you guys have already talked, or Nez and Dallas, you've already talked about it. I knew this was going to be in my top five, but I decided to put it at number one. Anyway, The Holdovers is my number one. And the reason why it's number one is when I was watching this, I had this moment where I've explained it on the pod before, where like I forget about everything around me and 
time like I forget about time and I'm so sucked into the movie that like I have to finish it right away and like I'm I'm so engrossed in the story and that's what happened with the holdovers Paul Giamatti scenes like he was amazing I hope he does win the Oscar I loved his uh, grumpiness I loved his references to like the Roman Empire and all the quotes he has this movie reminded me of like a dead poet society like yeah. setting yeah, with yeah, a yeah. grumpy teacher it was it was perfect this the, the other characters were great too I didn't know where it was going too so that always kept me intrigued like when oh I'm not gonna say too much because like you haven't seen it yet but um the ending too like i didn't expect that to happen at the end either like i've thoroughly enjoyed the ending the resolution um again the script that was the strength of the movie the dialogue alexander Payne, that is his strength i've seen all his movies some of them are misses but a lot of them hit like sideways election uh those are fantastic about schmidt like he he's had some misses but this was one of his hits as he's had before uh return to form Big, big fan of The Holdovers. Number one, I desperately want to rewatch it too. I'll probably watch it with my mom because I know she'll love it. Loved it. Love the movie, guys. So check it out, Eric. No, I want to for sure. Sorry, I uh, I recommended it to like my grandparents, my my parents, everyone, uh, because you know it's 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 just such a good feel good movie and. You know, it's not overly, it's not long, and it's it's just a movie that anyone, anyone can watch and enjoy. Yeah. Right? And and I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's so, so good, and the acting is great, and I think, uh, you know, I think The Holdovers has, has a chance to, to shock a lot of people at the Oscars, you know, I, I, I think yeah. they do, um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's a, I, 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 that's a good number one. Really good number one. I think that you guys have had... I think those are three good number ones. You know, I haven't seen Godzilla. Um, but I've heard great things. And I, I don't doubt that it would be a lot of people's number ones. Poor Things, obviously. Uh, a good number one. Holdovers as well. Uh, and Dallas, you've already said Poor Things as your number one. So I'm going to dive in. And I know that it's not a secret for me... Number one is obviously uh, Oppenheimer. Christopher Nolan, for me, is is my hero. I think a lot of people will say, like, oh, that's a biased pick. And sure, if you know me, uh, you, you do think that. But I do think that regardless of, of, of what it is, um, this is the best movie of the year. Uh, I think it'll win Best Picture um, at the Oscars. I think Christopher Nolan will win his first Best Director. Well, I don't think. I think Christopher Nolan is a slam dunk to win Best Director. Ooh. His first. I don't his know. First... I think. I think Greta Gerwig might get it, but no, uh, no, no. I, chance. I hope Christopher Nolan gets it, but I'm just no saying, chance. Like, no like, chance. Greta Gerwig wins it. Disappointment. Me, me, and Dallas have had this conversation. I think that the only Oscar Barbie's going to win is whatever song they choose to win. Uh, they're going to win the, yeah, they're going to win best original song, uh, whichever song that is of the 10 that are in that movie. Uh, I think that's the only thing Barbie's going to win. Like Christopher Nolan has won, uh, the critics choice award. I, he's, I think he's a slam dunk. Uh, in my opinion, I think Robert Downey Jr. Also a slam dunk. I don't think there's any like, I don't think there's any worry about Robert Downey Jr. losing that one. 
Uh, it'll win best score with Ludwig Gornson, who fucking killed it. Uh, like, you know, I, I was grading, it's exam season for, for high school. And today they had their first exam and I was grading for six hours straight. And I put on the Oppenheimer uh, score on, on Apple. And that's all I listened to. I listen to that soundtrack, that score all the time. Unbelievable. It's perfect. Like just to work to have on in the background, just soothing somehow. I'm, I'm super bitter. Because I'm a huge Hans Zimmer fan. Like, as you can see, I have a uh, keep calm and listen to Hans Zimmer poster on my, <laughs> nice. uh, on my wall. Uh, and obviously I got that from the Hans Zimmer-Christopher Nolan collaboration. But Ludwig Gornson killed it. Uh, he, he did such a good job. Um, so I think that, you know, the BAFTAs are coming up. They got nominated for 13 BAFTAs. I think they, I think they win at least eight, at least eight of them, uh, and I think that they have the chance to win between eight and ten Oscars. And now I'm gonna get into the movie. This is a very, very demanding movie for Killian Murphy. I mean, the camera doesn't like it; barely comes off him, and the script was written in the first person. It's one of the, it's the first script to be written in the first person. Uh, where it's from Oppenheimer's point of view. And I can't imagine how hard it was for Killian Murphy to to have that spotlight on him when he hasn't really, you know, apart from like 28 Days Later and whatever, he ha- and, and obviously uh, Peaky Blinders, when it comes to movies, he hasn't really been in that spotlight, you know? And he's been collaborating with Christopher Nolan uh, for 20 years now. Uh, and most of the time he has, you know, a bag over his head because he was scarecrow and whatever. Uh, and in inception, he has a bag over his head as well. Um, so, uh, this guy always has a bag over his head. I think that Oppenheimer from start to finish, it's a three hour movie. It doesn't feel like a three hour movie. A lot of people who aren't really movie goers, they had a, 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 a problem with the, the runtime because they thought that the movie should have ended after the Trinity test which is stupid. It shouldn't have ended uh, after the Trinity test because the the bigger story of all that is the trial with Oppenheimer and Louis Strauss, who is played by Robert Downey Jr. And that's... The last hour of the movie is like a, a tour de force from, from Christopher Nolan. And I wrote this in my... I, actually, I told Dallas this. I was like, you know, this is like... Uh, Aaron Sorkin-ish type of movie from from Nolan uh, that we don't see uh, ever. Uh, You know, there's a lot of dialogue in his movies, but it's not the way that uh, Oppenheimer we've seen. Uh, You guys have talked about horror movies. It's not my genre. Is sort of that. It's terrifying. It's a very terrifying um, story. There's a lot of terrifying scenes. Like, that scene where... Oppenheimer, after the bomb goes off, he's in the auditorium with all the cheering fans uh, uh, that are there. That's a terrifying, terrifying scene. This is like a very Aaron Aronofsky scene from Christopher Nolan, where we see sort of like, it's sort of like Black Swanish a little bit yeah. uh, from Christopher Nolan. Um, but I don't care who it is. No one ever does endings like Christopher Nolan. It's it's not even close. Like 
the ending with Einstein uh, and sort of you see and it's sort of like, you know, I, I not a lot of people picked up on this, but obviously this is the first movie Nolan has has done with uh, with Universal and uh, not Warner Brothers. And the last shot of the movie and Universal, their their logo is basically, you know, Earth. And the last shot of the movie is Earth setting on fire, right? So I think that, you know, that that's sort of like a, an... But Oppenheimer for me, slam dunk number one. Uh, uh, start to, the, the, the ensemble is fantastic. Emily Blunt, she won't win, but I thought she, she gave a, 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 a fantastic uh, performance, especially the scene with Jason Clark. And I thought that Jason Clark, honestly, like I watched Zero Dark Thirty last week and I wrote this in my review. I thought that Jason Clark was one of the, the, he was one of my favorite performances in that movie. He's super low key, but he's so, so good in that movie. And he's good in everything he does, you know? Uh, he, he doesn't always have big roles, but Oppenheimer, I'm going to celebrate like the Sens score, uh, uh, a Stanley Cup winning goal in overtime when Christopher Nolan finally wins his his best director Oscar he's been nominated six times he's been snubbed six times especially Leonardo for Leonardo DiCaprio of directors <laughs> yes uh, uh, especially for you know he should have won for Interstellar I think and you guys talked about like Tenet uh, it was sort of a back to form thing look I didn't love Tenet I thought it was way too confusing I thought Nolan thought his audience was way too smart um, I, I think he expects his audience to be as smart as him, uh, which we're, we're not, we're, we're fucking idiots. So we yeah. want, we want things to be simple, more simple. Uh, but you know, I think that Tenet out of all the movies done, including Oppenheimer, I think that Tenet, when it comes to production is the most impressive movie he's done. No one can write a movie like Tenet except for him. Like the fact that it, you know, it goes backwards and whatever, holy shit. Um, but I think production wise, like you've watched the production of, of Tenet and the fact that like he's done most of these things like on camera is crazy. And I've been dying for Nolan to do a biopic because he has said that uh, he wrote a biopic on Howard Hughes uh, mm. and he, he said that it was the best thing he's ever written. But Martin Scorsese at that time, did the Aviator with Leo, the which I fantastic. which I love, which I loved. Um, but he, so Nolan had to scrap that that script. So, but he said, and to this day he still says it. He says that the Howard Hughes biopic that he wrote is the best thing he's ever written. Wow! I've been dying for a biopic. He finally gave it to us, and from production to to the ensemble to the direction. It's 10 out of 10. He did a great job. And that's it. That's my spiel. That was a... Sorry, go ahead, Eric. I was going to say, great rundown, Nez. I mean, for me, no surprise Oppenheimer's your number one, but very well explained. And uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> great, great spiel. I mean, you can't really top that, honestly. thought my Godzilla one was pretty good, but you got... Yeah, you checked a lot more boxes in there. So no, great rundown, Nez. And uh, Dallas, you wanted to add something in there? Well, yeah, fantastic dissection. Like, that was really well thought out, really well said. Um, you know, if I can just, you know, uh, dovetail the point about Killian Murphy 
and you know Christopher Nolan demanding a lot from Killian because yeah the camera's never off him you know it's it's the Killian Murphy show um and if you were to put and this is nothing against Alexander Payne but if you were to put um Oppenheimer side by side to the holdovers you would immediately tell which film is shot by Christopher Nolan you know the quality is just different you know the audio the visual and just to add to that, like uh, Hoyta Van Hoytma, uh, who's the cinematographer, he's he's been collaborating with Chris Nolan since Interstellar. Um, so for Oppenheimer, they went to Kodak and they said, can we create a lens that's mm. IMAX in black and white? Is there an IMAX black and white lens that we can create? And Kodak wow. said, yes, we can, we can figure it out. So it's the first ever movie to be shot in IMAX in black and white. So Hoyta Van Hoytma is going to win for sure. He's another slam dunk. I think Ludwig Gornson for the score is a slam dunk. I think Nolan's a slam dunk for the director. And I think uh, Hoyta Van Hoytma for cinematography is a slam dunk. I mean, you can't... If you're the Oscars, you can't sort of say... Uh, Look, they created a black and white IMAX camera and they can't win cinematography. Like, they have to win. Yeah. They create they created the black and white IMAX. They have to win, right? So I think, I think they'll win. And Robert Downey Jr. is also the the other slam dunk. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah, beautiful beautifully said, Nez. Yeah. 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 So uh Oppenheimer number one, uh poor things is good, but I you know my one and two is like a distant one and two. Uh, oh. It's like uh, I I'm, understand. Yeah, I mean, I should have said that I, as I'm, well. Godzilla, a tear of its own for me too. Like across the Spider Verse, yeah. my second favorite one, but like didn't sniff Godzilla for me. I don't know if what? it's yeah, taller for you, Dallas. Not. I think you guys said like one to three could be kind of interchangeable there, but yeah, just kind of where it was yeah. for me. For me at least. I'll just do like a recap of all of our picks. Like, I know it's a lot of movies. That I'll just fire them off real quick there. So Nez, you had Air. Priscilla, Across the Spider-Verse, Saltburn, Past Lives, The Wonderful Life of Henry Sugar. Is that the name story, of the story? Story, okay. story, And uh, The Holdovers, Anatomy of a Fall, pa Poor Things, Oppenheimer. Dallas, you had Saltburn, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, The Killer, Bo is Afraid, The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar, Across the Spider-Verse, Past Lives, Holdovers, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Matt, Gardens of the Galaxy, Volume 3, The Killer, Talk to Me, Anatomy of a Fall, Across the Spider-Verse, Saltburn, Past Lives, Oppenheimer, When Evil Speaks Arises? What is it? Lurks. 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 When lurks. Evil Lurks. Yeah. The Holdovers. I had The Iron Claw, Creed 3, Theater Camp, Barbie, Super Mario Bros. movie, Oppenheimer, John Wick 4, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, Across Spider-Verse, Godzilla Minus One. So, um, vastly different lists, uh, lists uh, in there. I'm sure there's one that stands out a bit more than the rest, but, uh, you know, I love to see some, uh, some common picks, some different ones. You know, that's the great thing about movies. There's so many that drop every year, and um, there's always some universal picks, some different personal ones. Love to see it.
Fantastic list, gentlemen. Really loved all your lists, actually. And I have them all written down because I'm going to check out the blind spots yeah, for me. Same. So great stuff, guys. This is the longest pod, by the way, we've done in years. It's the, only the second time we've gone over two hours. So uh, well done. I'm I could go exhausted. all day. Like, it's crazy. But it, This uh, flew by for me. I could go all day. Unfortunately, though, I think we're going to be coming to a close right about now. But uh, great, great <laughs> stuff. Um, just want to say thanks a lot, both you guys, Nez and Dallas, for joining us. Like Matt said, a lot of blind spots for me that I really want to check out. So, um, Nez, any final notes for the listeners? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, me and Dallas are, uh, are you know, we're movie bros. We, we, we go to the movies together, and uh, I'm not surprised that this podcast has been two hours because when you get Dallas and I talking about any subject, we don't shut up. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't true. it doesn't even have to be about movies you know me and dallas could 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 be in a in a field stranded and and we'll just find something to talk about for hours um but uh i really pre i really appreciate you guys uh having us on uh i know we were supposed to do this in person uh tomorrow uh and i'm i'm sorry you know obviously the sends uh come first before everything uh so uh i really appreciate you guys you guys do great work uh and uh, I, I wish you guys all the best moving forward with this podcast. I, uh, I really, really appreciate it. And I think I speak on behalf of Dallas when I say that. So uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Nez. Really, really kind words. And uh, hopefully the Sens walk away with another dub like they did last night against Montreal. Hopefully. So, Huge win hopefully. over Montreal 6-2. Nice yeah, job. yeah, yeah. Dallas, again, as per usual, killed it. Thanks a lot for joining us. Any uh, final notes for listeners? Final notes uh, for the listeners, um, you know, the diehard listeners, the diehard Easy Conversation fans, um, you know, praise be to the Easy Conversations fans. Um, yeah, thank you so much for having us on. It's always a pleasure to talk to you guys and reconnect with you guys. You guys are an absolute pleasure. Fantastic hosts. Um, like every time, um, you know, I watch your show, it's, uh, it's always getting better. Um, you guys are just, you know, finding your groove and it's just really fantastic. And it honestly is, it, it, it could also be called easy listening, you know, because it's, it's just something that you can put on and, and yeah, it's, it's fantastic to listen to you guys. So thank you so much for having us on. Um, and you know, just about the movies, this is, this is a Renaissance. Like I said, it's a rebirth and this is going to be a hot Oscars. The, yeah. There's some make it or break it nominations yeah. uh coming up like seriously if if certain things don't get nominated or certain things um don't win um it, i might have to cut the oscars uh permanently off so we'll see um uh, but yeah thanks again for having us on thanks a lot dallas again lot, dallas. kind words really appreciate it and you, yeah but guys both crushed it and matt as per usual killed it as well any final notes for listeners thank you yeah, just, uh, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. But uh, Dallas and Nez, you guys crushed it today. Not only do I follow your letterboxes, like, every day, like, I'm eagerly awaiting what you've watched and your thoughts on it. I'm all, um, I loved hearing you guys both talk today about movies. I could listen. We could probably discuss movies all day. Yeah, you guys had great lists. Um, Teaching, like, illuminate, like, showing me things I hadn't seen. And anyways, yeah, thank you guys for both of you for coming on. Um, and yeah, hope everyone's having a good time right now and enjoying winter. Well said, Matt. I think I speak for Dallas and Nez when I say that we're still waiting on that elusive Matt review on Letterboxd. I'm just, every time I go on there, I'm like, did Matt <sighs> review something? I'm just waiting I to know. see it. I know. 
I suck at writing. I'm not a good writer. Anyways, well, one day it's going to happen. I, I know it. So, yeah, thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two Mondays. Uh, continue to enjoy uh, the winter. Go Sens Go. And, yeah. Go Sens Go. Peace. So just some final housekeeping notes that I forgot to mention. During the episode, we did get quite a few listener submissions on what their favorite movies of uh, 2023 were. So I'm just going to rattle those off there. So the first one is from the homie Daniel Roloch. He submitted Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. That was pretty much a universal classic was on, I think, all of our lists. So love to see a good pick, Daniel. The next one is from the homie Justin Mocktinger. Also on all of our lists, Oppenheimer. So found itself at various positions in our uh, rankings, some higher than lower. The next one is from the homie Kilisin Ud. She said that she only saw three movies last year. Pain Hustlers, Reptile, and The Killer, and did not care for any of them. So obviously you know my take on The Killer. I haven't seen the other two. Next one is from the homie Natasha Costel. She said Barbie hands down. So I was the only one who had Barbie on my list, but I think everyone pretty much agreed that they all liked it as well, so good pick. And then the last one is from the homie Ron Antoine. So he said Killers of the Flower Moon, which did not really get brought up in the episode there, but... It was, a, it was definitely an interesting movie and um, a big one for Scorsese. So, good pick, Ron. So, yeah, those are our submissions. Also, I just want to say that since we recorded this episode, I got to see The Holdovers. Absolutely loved it. Definitely would have made my list. I would say top five. Who knows what, have, what it would have bumped down, though. So, so, yeah, thanks a lot for listening, everybody, and um, see you next time. Peace.